3: Welcome to the Pulp Wrap-Up Show. This is Darkseid from the Moto X-Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky that week's Pulp Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at com. All right, let's wrap this thing up.
2: This is not going well.
3: Do we have video?
4: We don't. Are we going to have video? I, I don't know. Just a podcast tonight. A- <laughs> can fuck off. He Many. needs to calm down. Oh, Marks, he's trying to watch the, the show, Marks. I feel like nobody listens to me. Nobody cares because it's fucking stupid. She'll have uh. to
0: let her in at the main entrance gate and then the auxiliary gate. And then the house
4: gate. Do you know how common gated communities are in America? And, and it seems like no one on the show that comes in has ever grasped the concept of a gated community. When you go ride with Dale and he stabs you to death out on the trail and leaves you to die, you'll be wishing that you would have followed my advice, Randy. Uh,
5: and, you know, I just throw the money around wildly. I'm known for that. I mean,
2: the money doesn't mean anything to me. Right, right, wildly. right. Yes. Yeah. So I went to Alex's agent. His name is Phil Nicoletti.
4: Mm-hmm. So these two assholes are telling me how fast Troll is. <laughs> I don't really want to touch on this, but I want to touch on this. One, I'm not a magician. Over 40 years in the business. Vi- vi- in the bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah. Peter's uh, Terra's ACL riding to the track. Yeah, it was great. I if spread I, my butt cheeks. We're not friends. All right, here's my problem. Mom and dad were <laughs> fighting again. He likes to crash spectacularly. Yeah. You know, left for dead. Dunk, 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 dunk. Because I have a photo of the Fly Racing jetpack coming out. Welcome aboard. Jump in. The water's warm. I really think the industry thing I'm a clown. Who the fuck cares? I don't care. Like this doesn't mean anything. Nothing. A kid crashed on a dirt bike? Oh, let me see it. It was almost like a prostitution service. People who like Subway and plain donuts are morons. There's still a lot of them, obviously, but they're morons. They're not experiencing a firehouse or a fucking Jersey Mike's or a fucking Boston cream or a chocolate donut or whatever, okay? Those are fucking good. Pookie just painted this fucking wall. I'm going to watch you this. You go look at it. 40,000 people, and I, honestly, you're the one that you've, catches it. That's you said low on. I'm going to go pee. You can see we run a pretty loose program. You d- yeah! <laughs> you did it. You guys did it. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> yep. We did it. You try to take on the super team,
3: the mega powers. The superpowers. Welcome back to another Pulp wrap-up show. We have plenty to cover this week with show 484. But first up, my guests, brought to you by Michelin bicycle tires from the Moto Limited show. Trent Marr. what up, dude? Dark side. we are back. Yeah, you think this is the best lineup? You guys, I know you guys think it. Oh,
2: mate, we uh, we just come in. Uh, I'm Big Rick, and you're about to introduce Genie. We're here to to pick up uh, pick up your ratings.
3: I like it. I like it. Well, as you just mentioned, Jeannie Carmichael, also on the line, brought to you by Guts Racing, co-host to Trent with the Moto Limited show, Nick Still. What up, brother?
6: What's up, Mr. Side? What's going on, buddy?
3: This Mr. Side thing, I don't like <laughs> it. I don't know. I guess Steve sort of started it, and you guys just run with it, and I don't know how I feel about it. Sorry, Doc. It's, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. All right, listen. I'm brought to you by Steel Savers. Obviously, I'm Dark Side from the Moto X Pod show. Uh, as I said this week, it's show 484. Daniel Blair was in studio. My boy DB, Justin Brayton, Weed, Ryan Sipes, David Villeman, David, uh, Dave Drakes, all on the line, as well as obviously JT. Randy Richardson called in. Technical difficulties again, guys. Uh, no cameras for a little bit. Courtney Marks saves the day. Uh, like Daniel said, it was just a podcast tonight for a little bit. And I want to point out, right. We guys heard, uh, Mark say that, uh, you know, he didn't have a couple of adapters that he usually brings. He forgot them. And I was thinking this Monday night and on Twitter at Charlie worth worthy brought this up. Why the fuck does Steve not have these adapters already there? Why does, why does Marks have to bring his own adapters, Nick?
6: yeah i actually didn't understand that believe it or not it's like i was trying to think what sort of adapters would it be you know maybe camera adapters or, or encoders or something like that but i was i was yeah i thought the exact same thing i was amazed that uh he didn't have it but you know the whole technical difficulties it sort of adds to the uh adds to the comedy of the show and makes it fun because it turns into a sort of a joke that keep going along especially when uh fmip calls in it's uh yeah it was <laughs> it was funny i enjoyed it
3: yeah and trent Uh, I mean, we all know about technical difficulties, but Steve has had a lot since he moved into the new mansion.
2: Yeah. I mean, same square footage, but uh, a lot more technical issues have been going on. But uh, as you said, we've, we've all experienced it, And, you know, with the, with the cable things, it it might've been a case of Mark taking it home to to test something and then just purely forgets to bring it with him. Um, But yeah, it's, it's part of the, the game, unfortunately, so yeah, uh, very I, interesting. I don't think that's
3: the case because he said that like he he usually remembers them, but he forgot because he was in a rush this week. So it sounds like it's something he brings with him every week, whether it's an adapter for the phone. But, you know, you're saying the cameras weren't working, so I don't know if that was with the uh, Blackmagic uh, ATEM or what. But, yeah, it's it's entertaining, but it, it definitely shows, uh, Nick, how, at least for me, how used to, how uh, spoiled we've gotten with the cameras. Like, I, I was like, well, how the fuck do I listen? I guess I can use the app, but the app kind of, it shut down even during that time period. I think when he was resetting things, I was like, okay, I can't listen on the app at this moment. I have no cameras. You go to pulpamexshow.com, like, I couldn't get it to play the old school way. It's like, all right, well, I can't fucking listen. I was like, I, 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 don't know, I was about to jump off a bridge.
6: well that's exactly right how spoiled we sort of get with youtube but it was more so the fact i think fmip actually might have tweeted or instagrammed it about using the old app with like bto sports and stuff like that i totally forgot that that actually hasn't been updated so you know it's it's been that long since i've actually had to open the app it was literally i was on the couch and i usually get a notification on youtube or something when it goes live it went live at like just after midday for me i was like huh must be a late show and opened. It was halfway through the show, so yeah. I had to go back and listen to it and, and, and realize what happened. So yeah, it would definitely sports. I was actually wondering
3: era. what app he's talking about because my my app has Motorsport as the sponsor I and mean, everything. That's the one I use, so I don't know if I have an updated app. Uh, you know, maybe I have maybe I have the new app that's not out yet. The, the one that came it's out coming
6: Friday. Out, it's coming out Friday. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, maybe I have the new one, but mine says Motorsport on it, so I wasn't really sure which version he has but it did work until i think until he was resetting anyway good entertainment uh you know and, and a little frustrating steve handles it much better than i do because i you know you guys know i lose my shit but uh yeah so it, it worked out in the end so lots of talk about uh Trent, i want to get your thoughts just on the show overall daniel blair one of my favorite people in the business love db great co-host in my opinion but what were your thoughts over the show as a whole
2: uh, I mean, it's definitely different to what we had a couple of weeks ago when we had you know Mosher and and uh, Paul Parabino's so and where that started. That was a bit more comedy and a lot of laughter. Yeah. And that was, you know on the one where when you get TV and Steve, there's a lot of knowledge between those two guys. And if you really want to learn stuff about the sport, that's the that's the show that you listen into because between them, the amount of stuff that those two guys know that they can't tell you, and the little bits <laughs> they give you, you can learn yeah. a lot. So. I found it was one of those shows where it was a little bit more insightful and a little bit more uh, technical-based about the industry and the sport at the moment uh, rather than one of those comedy ones like we had a couple weeks ago where you just were sitting there laughing the whole time at what was going on.
3: Yeah, that's actually a good point. When I was pulling audio for this show, I was thinking back to that show and like how many drops I pull for like the intro of this and all the stuff I've been sending Marks to to reuse against Steve – and, like, I just had, I think I sent him that night four emails loaded with drops. And this week, there weren't near as many, like, those little quick funny moments. I mean, there were some, you know, obviously, you know, DB talking about his butthole being on Instagram and uh, with, the, with the Manscaped uh, read and a few other things. But, yeah, that show was a, you're right, it was a different vibe, a funnier vibe, a lot of one-liners. Um, so, but still, a good show. Uh, Nick, what about you, man? How did you feel about the show? Did you fall asleep at all?
6: No, I, I agree. You know, I, I learned a lot of things about Out of Paris because obviously Steve was over there as well. You know, I like it when we get Justin Brayton and um, and Jason Wygant together and, you know, something always funny happens when you get those guys together and, you know, you get a little a bit more of a backstory, you know, with yeah. the bets and everything they have. But <laughs> I agree, different, like Trent just said, then very different overall scape of the show. It's not one of those ones where you're constantly laughing but you've got two guys in there with that much knowledge. You're definitely going to learn a lot. And, you know, if you go back and listen to it, I guarantee you listen to it a second time, you're going to pick up more things each time that you didn't hear the first
3: time for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, good point. Well, as you mentioned, the show started off with a bunch of Paris Supercross talk. Uh, Daniel Blair mentioned that the for him, he he kind of felt like the track took away a little bit of the excitement of the event because it was extremely tamed down. They talked about that a little bit. Uh, did. How about you, um, Trent? Did you feel like it was... Were you less excited once you saw the track layout and then it wasn't very technical?
2: Uh, I mean a little bit, but at the same time it was good to have some racing back to watch. I mean, we yep. have, haven't have had much in the way of supercross for a long, long time, but even just racing in general, once the GP finished up a few weeks ago, we've had not a lot. So it was, it was good to have some racing back. And, and as I said, having Steve break it down the way Steve breaks it down from being there. And then obviously how DB thought about it from watching it on television. Um, You know, obviously I think it was more about the vibe and being in the stadium and that sort of stuff is what Steve talked about where DB was like, the track kind of wasn't that great on TV. It wasn't a spectacle to watch, you yes, know, it was yes. kind of what, what it was. So, um, I guess that's why we enjoy having Steve at these races and listening to what he has to say because he, you know, he brought in the things that you can't see when you're watching it on television.
3: Yeah, that's a good point, Nick. What I thought about while watching the race and while listening to the post race interviews and Monday night was, okay, I, I've been wanting to go to Paris Supercross for years. I think it'd be really cool. Uh, you know, I was like trying to trying to figure out like a year ago, like how could I work my way to go to this race. Get You know, get to know per- uh, Eric per- uh, very uh, well enough to maybe where he'd uh, invite me over. And then when the race was on last weekend, I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad I'm not there. But then you hear Steve talk about it, and I go, oh, God, I wish I was there. So it kind of listening, as Trent said, like listening to Steve's, uh, the stories, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the the meals in the hotel with JB and the discussions, like that made me <laughs> really wish I'd gone. It kind of, I went back and forth because of Steve.
6: Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It's more so probably the you know the whole feel of being in the stadium yeah. there and the whole background of you know being in another country. But I can't actually re- going back to the track. I can't remember who said it. It, it might have been Steve or, or Daniel. They talk about okay because we only have the you know the the four or five American guys. The track sort of suits what it is. And then when you go to Justin Brayton, he talks about trying to make the pass on Eric. There, uh, Eric, I believe it was trying to make the pass on him. It couldn't happen because the track wasn't – if the track wasn't forming up. Oh,
4: so su- like yeah, on TV. Subaross.
6: Subaross, sorry. So, you know, that's another interesting thing, hearing it from JB, about not being able to make a pass. And I know for all of us sitting at home, it was frustrating watching JB just follow him lap after lap after lap, surely.
3: Yeah, I agree. But then, he, like you said, he kind of broke it down and talked about the angles of the turn. And, look, let's be honest, he could have made the pass if he wanted to, you know – if you want zac the Zach Osborne, Zacho on Joe Savacci kind of A-Z-Body, easybody buddy. we're going to get into that a little bit more later too but uh but yeah he could have done it in that in that way but obviously that type of event isn't that's not what they're there to do right they're to put on a show as jb said and uh he you know he did what he could but it was interesting right because we don't see those angles he's right on tv so have it, and we'll talk about jb a little bit more here in a minute but i want to move on we've talked about randy Richardson ca- calling in Randy is 99.9% of the time gold. Let's listen to what he had to say. and I want to get your thoughts.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm actually more revved up than a championship-winning engine right now. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not only a fan of the show. Hey, Daniel, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm I, good, I know that, uh, good. I know I wouldn't have any of this janky junk from uh, Main Event Moto, but we would never. here's the thing. So I'm, I'm not only a fan of the show, I'm a sponsor of the show. I'm yep. trying to watch on YouTube. It's oh. a nice Monday night at home, Ooh. relaxing. Uh, had a Corona, nice yeah, dinner, right. wanted to watch YouTube, wanted to watch YouTube. Hmm. And
4: what do, you say? what do you know?
0: So what happens when I, an employee pretty, uh, right, costs right, an employer right now, money? Well, that's, you know what I did? I, I said, I want to speak to your manager. I think he's in the toilet. I think he's in the toilet the, right now. He's cleaning the toilet. The
4: somewhere. HR department is led by Augie Mathis. He's uh, he's where, hard to deal with. Where is he? He's hard to deal with. But, you're,
0: uh, saying, you're saying I'm barking up the wrong dog. Yeah, you know? I'm yeah, yeah up pretty the much. the wrong dog right now. She'll have uh, to let her in at the main entrance gate and then the auxiliary gate. And then the house gate.
4: Do you know how common gated communities are in America? And and it seems like no one on the show that comes in has ever grasped the concept of a gated community.
0: Are you watching on YouTube right now, Dale? Or are you like me? You're just listening in with the old app. As long as you're not fast, uh, you're welcome to move even in the Piedmont region. But if you're faster than me, you got to stay outside of Piedmont because uh, it's a title thing. Unlike Steve, I like to meet new people. Um, I like to have new life experiences. We'll go ride mountain bikes together. Yeah. Well, when called...
4: Dale, when Dale, when you go ride with Dale and he stabs you to death out on the trail and leaves you to die, you'll be wishing that you would have followed my advice, Randy. <laughs> well, so, unlike... I
1: wouldn't do that. I'll be easy to find. I. will oh, you... be a medic in Greenville County. Every so,
4: serial killer, killer as says as they're, as as they're as not as going as to do that, that Dan, Dale. Not every well, serial killer is right. like you know you know what i would never kill you and then they kill you
0: uh better yet don't do the read and just make up stuff like you typically do you know what i mean it's oh, wow. okay oh, wow it. wow wow
3: all right trent numerous things we could touch on throughout the randy richardson call first off you love randy or is randy Or are you one of those that you know randy's not your cup of tea
2: no, um randy richardson is a man i mean he must sit there and just like think about all of these little sayings that he needs to fit into one sentence <laughs> and then comes out of like to come in with the, I'm, you know, I'm I'm revving harder than a championship winning yes. engine. That is just gold off the bat. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, all right, Randy's on one here. Let's see where this goes. And uh, it's, it's so much fun. And that's, I guess that's what we've come to expect from Randy over the, his time being associated with pulp is just these witty one liners, the, uh, the, the taking the taking the piss out of Steve the whole time yes. and, and
3: just giving us some comic relief. Yeah, he always, like you said, he always he has a line for everything. It's almost like he has this catalog, and then, oh, <laughs> he pulls it, and there's no like hesitation. He's boom, he's got this line, and it, it it could fit almost any situation. He'll pull something out of his ass, and it's it's fantastic. And I love I love the last little thing where it's like he talked about. Uh, just do whatever, you know, you do whatever you want with a read instead of reading it properly, which because, you know, Steve, if you remember not that long ago, Steve told me you don't have to read the reads word for word, like do them like I do. Yep. But then the, the guy who sends the reads is like uh, basically, no, I would rather you read the read. So, yeah, I was enjoying it. Uh, how about you, Nick, man? What do you think of uh, Randy? What what stood out with that audio? Because there's a number of different things we could touch on. What
6: stood out in the audio? It's probably, I think you should get an award for the most amount of jabs at Steve in a two-minute call. I think you know, going back to the whole, you know, downhill mountain biking because you don't like to meet more people, Steve. Yeah, just dude, it's 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 funny. Like literally, I would have, I'd love to know what Steve thinks of it because the whole time he'd want to butt in, butt in, butt in, but he doesn't because it's FMIP. I think it's just yeah, it's funny content, man.
3: It's, yeah the the one about going riding mountain bikes with everybody that's something about you know it's one of those weird semi weird things about Steve where he doesn't really want to meet people he doesn't know once he does he's really cool but he's like oh yeah he's always he he always goes to I don't want this person to kill me I don't want to be out in you know like I, is he really you think he's really worried about that nick that some random fan is gonna murder him while they are out mountain bike riding or if they meet at the pizza parlor you know or whatever it's like he's so worried that somebody's just gonna knife him i think
6: we've actually uh, i think i've asked this before because it's come up a couple times on poll yeah about steve not liking to go down to the concourse because fans talk to him and all this sort of thing like that which you know i'm I'm sure Steve is absolutely great with all his fans, but it's – I don't know. Is it, is it more of a persona that he plays now, or is it actually a legitimate thing, Darkseid?
3: No, I've seen him – I've seen him when we walk out of the press box or even just walk around the pits and fans come up, and he is so nice, and he'll give them the time and, and shoot the shit with them unless he's trying to get somewhere, which is most of the time, right? Like after a race, we're trying to get to, – we used to go to the press conferences – we're, he's pressed for time, so he would kind of make it quick, but he was always very nice. So I think that part is played up a little bit, but I think when it comes to, you know, a fan, hey, I'm going to be in Vegas this week. Maybe we could go mountain bike riding. I think he's dead serious there. He doesn't want to meet those people. Like, I, he, do, he just doesn't. He He's uncomfortable with it or whatever. I, I don't know exactly what it is. So uh, I think it's a little mixture of both, Nick, uh, because – Again, he's he's always awesome with the fans at the races when he can be, but at, yeah, well, in his private life at home, I think he just wants to, He has his routine. We know he's, you know, he, he's got his group of friends and he's cool with that. He's happy with that.
6: Well, that's exactly right. You know, I've, I've run into him at the races before and got a photo with him, and he was super cool with me. So
3: yeah.
6: I, I agree with that for sure. He's great with his fans. He had plenty of time for me. Had a chat, and obviously kept going. So yeah, I think it's more so a bit of a persona he plays.
3: I think so, and Trent the the gated community the size of the new home that I think that is getting to him a little bit like he really gets worked up over that and and as friends callers part of the show we have to just keep needling him on that I think it's just it's good times
2: yeah for sure I mean uh, the amount of times I've heard same square footage in the last six almost. months or three months it's every single show almost the same square footage yeah. uh, basically. Uh, and then, yeah, the gates and how many gates. Again, it, it exaggerates. Oh, it's a one gated community. And then last, you know, last night, it was three gates to get to the front door, you know. So right. it's gonna, I think that's gonna become the new running part of that joke is how many gates there is to get to Steve's new mansion. Um, it's so much fun by just listening to it. And as you said, I think, I think Steve is getting, I don't think he's getting annoyed with it. I think he's now. Just getting to the point where he's like, all right, guys, <laughs> next topic, please.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Last night when JT called in, I, I sent him a text, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm still at the house in the bungalow. He just doesn't know I'm here. He's been there for weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in, the, I'm in the East Wing. Yeah, he's, he's out there on the balcony, you know, <laughs> hanging out, swimming in the pool. Steve doesn't even know it because he's on the other side. <laughs> uh, Love it. Yeah. Okay, you guys. Hey, you guys are coming to the United States for A1. This is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys and meet you in real life. Uh, so I want to touch on this with you. Uh, one of the topics that got brought up was, what are the top three supercrosses to go to? And we heard their answers. I, I want to get Nick. Let's go with you first. Just wh- what are the three that you would like to go to? I know you haven't. You've only been to Anaheim, right? I've been. I've been
6: a few of them. Um, okay. My my favorite would have to be Anaheim, Indy, and Vegas.
3: Okay, why why yep. those three?
6: Um, Anaheim, dude. It's the you know they talk about it on the show. It's 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 everything. You know it's 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 whether it's the sports home basically. It's it's uh, you know the whole week feels you know it's the, the build up for a one is just something you can't even explain. Um, Indian India was pretty cool because I like the stadium. It was different. I like the town. I like the city. Just like Daniel says, he goes pick one that you've never been to, a city you've never been to. I don't know. I just I enjoyed it. It was cool. It was just it was different than all the others. And then Vegas roll the dice, roll the dice, baby. It's uh, it's cool. I love Sandboyd Stadium. I had a lot of like there was Monster Cup. and it, you know just the hype into it as well is really really cool. So I'm a little bit disappointed that uh. You know the last round isn't no longer there. It's in Samboid It's it's in uh, Salt Lake City now. But dude, a, a final coming into coming into Vegas is always good, except for 2017, baby. <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say they like Sam Boyd Stadium, but uh, Trent, what about dude, you? It's, it's cool? It's Monster Alley.
6: It's everything. Yeah, I guess,
3: but it's man. As far as professional stadiums, it's it's press not.
6: Is, it's at the bottom. Box is good too. <laughs>
3: What about you, Trent? You got, you got three that uh, are your favorites or would be your go-tos if you could pick?
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, I've never been over, so uh, this yeah. trip's going to be my first time. So I'm pretty excited. A1 is obviously going to be on the list, um, and we're going to be there, luckily enough. Uh, one that I wanted to go to, and this is a bit odd because we're not going there again this year, but I want to go to Nashville. Oh, that's a good. Um, one. I don't know yeah. what the stadium Yeah, I don't know what the stadium was like, but just going to Nashville, everyone had stories about going out afterwards and being in Nashville. Um, you know, it's pretty Ray cool. So want, time, <laughs> yeah, you know, I to <laughs> picking up girls at the bar. Um, I just like that sort of thing. Uh and then the other one for me I guess is uh is Glendale. I think the, the they talk about that stadium being pretty rad there as well, so um, as I said, I haven't been to any of them, so there'd be ones that I'd love to put on the bucket list and go and, go and have a look at, but I mean, there's 17 of them. I think they're all um, pretty cool stadiums if if they've got a Monster Energy AMA Supercross at them.
3: Exactly, yeah. Uh, Glendale is a pretty cool stadium. Um, I, like, I like San Diego, Arlington, obviously, Glendale. Those are kind of the three that were my favorites that I've been to, and then as far as there's a bunch I haven't been to, and I'd love to go to Indy, Minneapolis, and Foxborough, all those East Coast. Oh,
6: Foxborough would be good. Yeah. yeah,
3: Foxborough, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be cold as shit. And, and there's a chance I may go to Minneapolis this year. I know Steve said Monday night that I need to calm down, but I don't think I was that w- fired up. I was just, that's where Steve said we may be going to do a live show, so not that fired up, Steve. We'll figure it out. I right, am calm, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Steve All, Always up in my shit he, You see his tweet today was like Better Like better Be better
6: Well you know, you've got us so Of course you're gonna be better time, that,
3: side, That's it, that, That's the reason He called us up, Nick yeah, yeah You know
2: the,
6: You know There was a Dude Steve wasn't happy With a couple of your shows A couple of weeks ago It wasn't good Yeah wasn't that one good. he
3: said He didn't like But I'm, I don't He never told me why I'm wondering That's if even we, worse What's that?
6: That's even worse when he doesn't tell you why, Darkseid. Yeah, well, he couldn't it's, remember. He's giving up hope.
3: Remember, he said that night, the Monday, last Monday, I think it was, or the Monday before, he said, uh, yeah, I didn't like that last one, but I don't remember why. <laughs> okay,
6: well, thanks. You, you've actually got the shortest, shortest pulp of Mexico in history, Darkseid. Oh, yeah? Did you know that? No, I don't. Your Monday night one was awfully short.
3: This week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were short for time, I think. so. Yeah, and I called in. I, I generally wait till the guests are almost over. But because of the X brand uh Cyber Week thing, I wanted to call in during X brand tear off. So they were pretty busy when I called it. I think that's why it was. Maybe he doesn't maybe he's mad at me though. I don't know. Not
6: good good enough, st- we'll, we'll lift you up. No good. We'll lift you up, buddy.
3: Yeah, you well know, the the last time you guys were on, he said that it was good. He that I need to have you on more. So um I'm not sure how to feel about that.
2: That's okay, Doc. We'll just take a percentage of your pay to keep it going,
3: but Shit, there won't be much left over if I give you a percentage. <laughs> even, with the, even with the bonus I got the, that Randy mentioned, um, yeah, there wouldn't be a whole lot left over. But, hey, we're going to do these reads word for word, Steve. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers, to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their Zip-On Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate. When it comes to protection, enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. If you don't like changing your fork seals, you need Seal Savers. I'm telling you, it saves you so much work. It saves the money of having to replace them, and they're not that expensive. They are for the for they are big bang for your buck. Sealsavers.com. All right, let's talk about Justin Brayton. We've we kind of brought him up a little bit ago. You guys mentioned Weege. Uh and hey, we're gonna get to all that stuff. Uh Trent, I love Justin Brayton. Justin is a great guest because he gives it back to Steve. He he pushes those buttons also by Talking, you know, the, the the we when he's talking about Weege, we are, you know, we're doing well. He plays along with Weege, and that gets on, you know, Steve's nerve. Brayton is a great guest. I, I enjoy what he brings to the table. I enjoy that, although he he's serious about the sport, you know, and, and being a professional, he's fun. Like he can, he's just kind of a laid back guy. Yeah, for sure. He he is a great guest, and as I said, he plays along with the.
2: With the jokes, well, he plays along with the weed stuff, and he keeps that hype up. Um, so I mean, he's an honorary Australian as well. So he's, <laughs> we've rubbed off on him a little bit, made him a little bit Australian. So now nah, he is, he's is great. I love it when JB comes on. I love I love that whole bet, and you know, Steve sending in the messages after practice and all this sort of stuff, yeah, and exactly. like JB's reading these messages, like you know, what pro rider would you know that would be like? enjoying getting these text messages and remembering them all and, you know, on a race day. And JB's taking it all in and enjoying the whole process. So he's one of the, one of the greatest riders I feel like we have in the sport at the moment, um, both professional as well as being able to ha- enjoy himself and have fun with the media in our sport.
3: Yeah, I agree with that, Nick. Same thing. He, he's just one of those guys, like, he, he's an a pr- elite-level rider. He's a professional pro, – uh, God, I am fucking all over the place. He is good, a professional it. motocross supercross rider, but when he's on these shows with Steve and Weej, you feel like he's just one of the guys, right? He doesn't feel like, man, I wish I didn't have to do this interview right now or this is annoying. Like he's he's having a good yeah. time with the boys. Yep,
6: yeah, that's exactly right. Like he said he is a professional supercross motocross rider, but he has a personality. And you know, a lot of riders in this sport don't have personality, so when we get one like J- Justin, we cling to it because we love that type of stuff and you know, That's just the type of people... That Steve sort of brings into his show, you know, not so even his shows. Steve sort of brings around his group, and that's what we get to watch. Like Trent was just saying there with the text messages, you know, with how he talks about Carolli, He can have a joke. He gets into these jokes with um, Jason Wykert. He yeah. has a personality, and that that is what we all love. And you can, uh, I think, you can pretty much thank Australia for that as well, Dark. Oh, okay, so, all right. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, well. put tip, just put put a tick next to that one as well, mate, for right. uh, giving Justin Braden personality.
3: Uh, I'll put a check mark next to that as well. Like, um, let's listen to what he had to say about the event. You know what? I wasn't even that mad about
1: the Crowley takeout. I was more mad about the whole main event. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally could not pass Subs. I'm like I was doing everything and you know, some people I've I've talked to people since I've gotten home like, Oh man, you could have went inside here. I'm like No, the angles of the track when you ride it are way different than when you're actually watching it, you know and so I never got to race with Marg, which was super frustrating, you yep. know. And yep. then that last main like i just i felt like yeah if i get around Subs, i think i could have given marv a run or at least made a race out of it you know Subs had said it's maybe his best race ever and the crowd was just on their feet the whole time and like you know eric Bernard said that that was the show that was that was the race of the night and so overall yeah we know how that how it works over there right like we're there to put on a show we get paid to be there Mm -hmm. overall it was a really really fun weekend though i mean just to to be traveling international again, to get some gate drops, to uh, work with my mechanic Sean Ulikowski, and uh, you know, for the first time we've been friends for a long time.
4: It looked like the place was mostly sold out, so that that part's great. The fans were into it, and yeah, Faber, you know, Faber hurting himself was a massive bummer, but the fans did love him being there, and they loved Subs and they loved Marv. So, if you're a fan, you're like cool, you know. Our, our guys did well, and except you know, obviously until Faber got hurt, that is. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and it was cool to have. Antonio racing supercross yeah i think we talked about it privately i don't think it was faster i, I really don't oh i think God, the totally angle faster. and that's one of them you, you should have exit, tried that you should
4: have went quad outside quad after the was sand slower wall once you again, know that,
3: that I mean, was slower so i'll just lose time was
4: it though i mean was it really you know i, I
3: don't and you know, should have hit subs. <laughs> that's the greatest thing there trent is <laughs> steve trying to tell jb what was faster what he should have done as if jb is like New to the sport and didn't you know uh, that, that is so great we all, Steve all we got to do is go back and watch your starts bro i think, <laughs> I, think I think Justin Brayton knows what's up, but that I love it though right that's that's the again beauty of the show it's just fucking great yeah, it's the personal-
2: the personality of j b and then obviously the relationship between justin and and Steve to be able to talk freely like that yeah j b not you know start just being like, I'm over this now, stop talking we you know you know he can play along with it yeah yes Steve whatever Steve. like he's just he's playing the the part and yeah it's a great conversation And d b at the end there you should have just hit soon so <laughs> <I> was like <laughs> yeah, great one Daniel, thank you for your input in that conversation like yeah. it's just was it was as i said it was insightful but funny at the same time that that whole segment. Um, with Justin and and obviously Weege being a part of that as well, just just amplified that.
3: I, I agree, Nick. It's really rare to have Steve do an interview that's just an interview. Like, oh, okay, this is a you know, this is just a this is an interview for knowledge. It, it almost always is bench racing with your buddies. Almost always, no matter who the rider is. Very rarely do you feel like this guy does not want to be doing this interview.
6: Yeah, that's exactly right, and also. Another thing that I find with Steve, and I've got to commend him on this, is, you know, with with these guys, you see a lot of interviews with people, excuse my language here, but they just go up there and freaking blow them. Steve doesn't do that. Steve was happily to tell to to tell Justin then that he didn't think he'd beat Marvin because obviously the bike he, he told Justin what he thought he was doing wrong. You know what I mean? Like yep, yep. a lot of people don't do that with pro riders. And Steve just has that, you know, he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? He'll he'll say it as is, and everyone you know, doesn't bite back to steam. I just think that is a cool thing because we don't get to hear that nearly as enough as we should in the sport as well.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, you guys are relatively new to doing the press conferences in 21 and getting like some of the American writers on your show. It's not easy, right? When you're new at it, like I, I've been doing this, I don't know, four and a half, five years now, and I still have a difficult time going. Okay. I really want to, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not be, ugly about it but there's sometimes you want to be honest but but like you feel like you can't word it completely honestly or the guy's gonna be like fuck you i'm not gonna do your show again
6: basically you know you know trent i think you can agree with me here as well a lot of riders in australia you've pretty much got to go there and stroke their ego or they're not going to want to talk to you at all yeah exactly And that's that's it that's the difference that we're finding between american and australian riders would you agree trent
2: yeah, a little bit. But I think it's the relationship that Steve's built over the oh. years of being media. Yeah. Um, that helps him be straightforward with these guys. Where when you're new you kinda gotta, yeah, as you said, dark side, walk the line a little bit and, you know, not go too straightforward with your questioning, but also try and get to the, the real answer of the question that you're trying to ask. It's it's very difficult where Steve with his relationship with these writers and his you know, his place in the media, he can go in and go Hey, what about this? And everyone just sits goes, "All right, I'm going to answer Steve." Where I think it was anyone, anyone else. I mean, maybe maybe Michael Antonovich could probably start doing that now. And you know, obviously Don and a few of those other bigger ones. But Steve's just got that ability and that that connection with these guys from being years and years in the paddock that he can ask those questions. Where we've, you know, being new, you've got to be very careful.
3: Yeah, it's definitely I meant as a compliment to Steve that he he ha- these writers know who Steve is. They know what type yep. of person he is, and when Steve kind of says, "Yeah, you really sucked last weekend," or whatever, they just—they're not offended. They're like, "Yeah, I did." So he's built that, and it's very impressive. Uh, speaking of JB, our boy Weege, right? We know the passion Weege has for JB. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's pretty entertaining to listen to. It's fun to watch his Twitter when he's talking about JB. Let's listen. Yeah. <laughs> You did it! You guys did it! Congratulations!
4: <laughs> yep, we did it. You try to
1: take on the super team, the mega powers, the superpowers. Do not
5: dare come near our orbit. And this goes for anyone that wants to make bets with us for the 2022 <laughs> season. Let this be
4: a warning. Yeah. <laughs> we just Do ready to come after us. We just ready to take all action on JB. Whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> right? Hey, we were nearly the
1: points leaders leaving Houston last year. Okay. If you're smart, all it are off. The California Nationals is where we do our best work.
3: Hangtown and Paula. Yeah. So, oh boy. JB, uh, yeah, JB doing his best work at Hangtown and Paula. I I don't know. Just no matter what JB does, Weeds thinks it's the best. I loved, I I doubt you guys caught these references, but he called them the superpowers, and then he called them the mega powers. Either one of you know where that comes from. HMA dot. All right. You guys did not grow up WWF wrestling pro wrestling fans. No. No, we
4: didn't.
6: The the
3: mega powers. The mega powers was when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage teamed together. The superpowers, that was a different version of wrestling. That was when Dusty Rhodes and the Russian Nikita Koloff got together. So that was two major superpower tag teams. And we just compared him and JB to two of the greatest. (laughs) Groups of tag teams in wrestling history. I was cracking up. I was texting Weeds about it as soon as he said it. it was awesome. But I don't know, Nick. Man, it's it, we got Weeds and JB. We have Steve and Troll. It, it's it's just like they're they could easily be a couple. Like they they could live together in in harmony. I think.
6: Hey, that's exactly – We all have our dude, which we're gonna follow till uh till the end of days. You know what I mean? And I'd yeah. love to see that with uh. With with Steve and Troll, you know, it's like, you know, Paris wasn't for us, but Anaheim, Anaheim's for us. It's like always on to the next one. It's, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, we've all got our guy that we've just got to follow, and even if they yeah. don't perform, even if they don't perform, but uh, yeah, like I don't know if I really agree with Troll on a four fifty. Uh, sorry, Steve, but yeah, it's um, not looking at yeah. out there. But yeah, for sure, for sure, I agree. It's uh, it's another one of these bonds that we just we we grow around and we continually watch it.
3: Yeah, I, Trent, I definitely feel like Steve is a little more concerned about the troll on a 450 now than he was. He kind of like, oh, well, he had some bike issues, but I, I got the vibe that Steve was like, yeah, it's not good.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I think we all did. Uh, <laughs> yes. That was kind of the test, but as yeah, Steve spins it in the way that Steve spins it, uh, you yeah, have bike issues, we, we didn't get enough track time. Uh, we got plenty of time until Anaheim one. All the quotes that Steve come out with, uh, defending troll, uh, that's, I mean, that's what you want from your hype guy is, is uh, a book full of excuses for when it goes wrong <laughs> no, and, and looking forward to the next one. So it's just, as, as Nick said, it's just the, the comedy that we get with the show and, and these storylines that continue throughout each and every show that we can, you know, every time it comes up, we can reference back to, to multiple shows beforehand where they've talked about it. So it's yeah. good times.
3: And I want to touch on the Cairoli JB10 pass incident with Weege on Twitter. Like, Steve brought up the fact that there's people, the Disability Island type of people, that believe that Weege was actually upset, which just seems ludicrous. Like, I don't guess anybody understands sarcasm anymore?
6: Yeah, you know, that's the power of social media, Hey, You you know, when you can't watch a person's reaction or you can't see their facial expressions – you sort of forget what a joke is and what a joke isn't. You know, when I, I read it all and heard it all, I was just like, I, I you know, I know when he's, it's like, yep, okay, it's a joke. He's just having a laugh. But, of course, you know, you get them people that take it to heart and it's 100% serious. And you never know, they might just be big fans of Karoli and, you know, trying to protect him at the same time. But it's uh, that's the power of social media, Dark Side.
3: I guess, man. it's I've had my share of rants on here about that kind of stuff. It It just blows me away that, like, I don't know, man. I, I grew up, you know, same era. Steve and like making fun of people and like you know comedy, whatever. It's just, like there are no rules. Just fucking whatever. Like, quit being such a pussy and being offended. Like, if I was got offended at every negative thing that got said about me, I would have to quit listening to pulp. I mean, I'd have to stop. It. it you just you got to be a little not not quite be so soft, uh, Trent. I don't I don't dig this new new age mentality.
2: Nah, it's, uh, yeah, very PC world. But, I mean, the, the, if you know Weed, he, he was flown over by KDM to do Caroli's retirement.
3: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: But, like, he has a relationship with Caroli. Like, but that's what I mean. People, I don't think it's just the diehard fans that have nothing better to do and see it and, and blow up. People that actually know the sport, if you know the backstory, you would know immediately that that's just Weed having a, having a, a bit of a joke on on social media, but it just goes to show that some people don't follow the sport that closely like we do, and and think that he was serious. But yeah, it's, it's one of those worlds at the moment where uh, you can't say too much without offending somebody.
3: That's that's a hundred percent true. And I'm gonna just stop because I'll get upset again. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> Move what on no, sorry. What doesn't upset me is guts racing seat covers. Can't wait to get my 22 YZ250 and get a guts racing seat cover put on that sucker. But uh, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers of foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out gutsracing.com. For info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Uh, okay, we talked about you guys coming to A1 in a minute ago. And, Nick, if you, if you get a chance to bump into Steve like we just talked about, you know, he's he's going from truck to truck, maybe you get a minute out in the pits, what's something you want to ask him? Or talk to him about how you know much, what, maybe Just something you'd like to talk to him about.
6: Um, how much better L... Pulpamex wrap up shows are with Australians and uh, non Australians is probably the first thing that comes to mind, Dark Side, yeah.
3: Well, this show may get deleted before it gets posted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I
6: just I just love to bench race with Steve, you know. There's, there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on at Anaheim. you know, there's probably stuff that's gonna happen in the qualifiers, practices, you know, heats. I just dude, I just am keen to sit there and bench race about it with the guys. It's that's one thing I'm looking forward to the most as well.
3: Yeah, it's it's a good time. How about you, Trent? Anything you'd like to uh, sit down and visit with Steve about, or you just have a brief moment? Yeah, I guess it's just I guess it's sort of bench
2: racing and and just kind of picking his brain a little bit about you know obviously we're all in the podcasting space, just picking his brain about things he's learned along the way and you know little tricks that he uses to help you know better his shows and and put them together and just those sorts of things, just you know purely off that, and then also some of the stuff he got to experience. Um, the, that early, late 90s, early 2000s, being around the sport. Then yeah. I'm a big fan of that yeah. part of the sport. I would just like to sit and bench with him about that era and being around those guys at that time and the money and all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to just sit and talk about that.
3: He loves talking about that stuff. That would be good. Oh, yeah. Trent, I think you have a better uh, better chance of talking uh, talking to him for a little while than Nick does.
2: Yeah, well, that's just... We understand that. <laughs> is that. Is that your decision, dark side, Or is Oh, yeah. I'm I,
3: I, I the one that will be letting the guys through the velvet rope. I'll pick. Oh. So, yeah, if you want to get Security. The, if you want to get into the VIP area, you're going to have to go through me, and you're probably going to have to have a hot chick on your side. So.
2: Oh, that will be really my I'll just at pop, home. I'll
6: just pop by the star racing in my tent, mate, and I'll, I'll pop right over after that,
3: hey? There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, I want to remind you guys about the the discounts for this week for Cyber Week. Feld Entertainment is uh, having a Cyber Week special. Use promo code 2021CW for 35% off tickets that are already on sale for their events. That includes Supercross tickets already on sale, Monster Jam tickets that are already on sale. You can save up to 35%. I'm not sure if it pertains or goes towards Disney on Ice as well, but you can check all that out. So, if you're wanting to buy supercross tickets, uh, if you get them before December 4th, I believe, you can use that promo code. And then, of course, I mentioned xbrand.com running a promo XPRO2022. So, XPRO2022. If you buy $150 worth of product through xbrand.com, you get a free trucker hat, free shipping, and a free limited edition X Brand athlete sticker. So, go hit those guys up. Obviously, sponsors of Polpamex, so we got to support those guys ryan sipes Trent Ryan sipes is one of those guys like I think Zach Osborne may be down the road where the guy just has so much fun riding his motorcycle, so many different types of uh you know different types of events he's going to, and he just he just loves riding dirt bikes right he he's not the, the champion at necessarily any fucking uh, race he goes to or any series he's running, but he doesn't care about that. He just wants to go have fun on his dirt bike. He's making money doing it. He's just a good old boy, man. I Ryan Sipes is a badass mother effer.
2: Yeah, definitely, and and I I mean his interviews always are good where you can kind of ask him about four different sports or four different types of our sport in one sitting with him, supercross, motocross, GNCC, you know, hard enduro, flat track, like he does it all. So uh, he's, very, he's very good to sit down and, and talk to about that. And yeah, that, that good old Southern accent where he, he just, it doesn't seem like anything phases him. He just you know, goes with the flow. Everything's kind of, it is what it is. And I, I like Ryan Seif. It, it, and the funny part I found when that interview started, it seemed like Steve woke him up
3: because he was oh, like, oh, "Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah." That's I, I noticed that too. That's funny, uh, Nick. Your thoughts on Ryan?
6: Yeah, look, I agree as well. You know, you get the, you get every single discipline nearly with Ryan, and you get honesty as well. You know, he's brutally honest about everything, and he'll talk about his deals as as we find out. We talk about where he gets his money. You know, talks about his mechanic, and you know, going to the whole monster truck things with him, and why he is currently still his mechanic. You know, he, he doesn't beat around the bush and he's pretty open with that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you know, that that Southern accent, I think you guys summed it up perfectly just then. Sort of just the, I don't know, the carefree, just happily talk about anything can, you know, he's just just seems like a really humble dude, man. Yeah, really
3: he humble. is. And It's funny. I hear those accents every day because I live in the South. But yeah, it's, for you guys, it's probably kind of entertaining just listening to the accent.
2: Yeah, I could sit there all day and listen to the accent <laughs> and... and but he, as as we talk about, he, he talks about a lot of different stuff and he doesn't really care. I mean, even the brutal honesty about the ankle injury from Paris, you know, like when yeah. we watched it, I thought, oh man, he's, he's like bad hurt. And when he's like, actually, I think I fixed it. So, um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, who who's going to say that? Like if you crash out of a race and don't race the race, like you're just going to be like, oh yeah, it's a bit banged up. It'll be good. But he was like, I'm actually pretty annoyed because it actually feels better. Um, I might've fixed it. So the honesty you get out of Ryan Sopps is cool.
3: Yeah, well, let's listen to a little bit of what he had to say.
5: When I was doing Supercross all those years, I never got a chance to go. Uh, it was always weird. Yeah. Like Either the team wouldn't let me go or, like, right. whatever. They had a full rider list or whatever. It yeah. just never worked
4: out. Yeah, I'm just surprised at no point you had been there before. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah.
5: I was. that's why i was happy to go right and i'm still happy i went um it didn't go as like i wanted to but uh, yeah. it was a, still a cool race like the, the race is amazing it just didn't didn't go my way
4: yeah so. usually it's two nights which is good too you, you feel a little bit better on the second day right like you just yeah all of that works better for you but yeah tonight th- obviously this weekend it was one uh did i hear you say something about is your last race or what's what's the story there what are we doing
5: no oh, okay. oh, i got another I thought, year on my, on my red bull
4: deal okay yeah i thought i'm like, so I'm minute, racing
5: wait. all next year after that i don't know it just depends if i'm still competitive and i can still do it and i still want i mean i'm, I'm not I, i'm gonna still want to do it right. uh it, it's just if i still can like right. i never want
4: to be the guy that's just out there what's the thing you've done where you're most out of your element it's got to be hard enduro it's so gnarly dude like yeah just the,
5: I mean, especially for a, a guy with a moto background, uh, you need trial skill for that. Like, all the best yep. guys are former trials guys. It's all like, it's, it's all about doing it with no speed and no momentum and like figuring out the traction. So it, it's been, uh, probably the hardest thing I've done, but also, I think in a weird way it's like it's a the biggest challenge, so it's it's really fun for me to to try to figure it out. At thirty seven years old I'm still learning new things on a dirt bike. What's the regret you have? Let's see, two thousand eleven. Uh that was my best year. I won some races, uh um, you know, got third in the supercross and, and all that stuff and was fast and, and I had a chance to go uh train with Alden. And I should have done it. I should have taken the chance. The results are there, you know, for guys that have went there. So uh, I should have done that and just just to see what would have happened. You know, it could have made the difference or yeah. it could have burned me out. Uh to be honest, two years later I was completely burnt out and I didn't go there. So
3: <laughs> Trent, that's some of that honesty you were talking about. Like most of the time if Steve or one of us asked a rider, like what what are some regrets you might have? They're usually, oh, no regrets, man. I wouldn't change a thing. He's pretty open about it. Like that might have been that might have done something different for his career going to Aldens. I, I like that honesty.
2: Yeah, as I said, that that's the part I enjoyed about uh, Ryan Sykes's interview on the Pulp Show this week was. Um, A, the questions that Steve asked him were just the, the regular run in the middle stuff, like he asked about career stuff, and then Ryan's honesty to all of the all of the questions and giving us that insight. I mean, never heard that story from Ryan before. So that was cool to be able to walk away and, and learn that about Ryan Sipes. And I guess it gives us some understanding of why he does what he does what he does now.
3: Agreed. And Nick, my favorite thing he said was at thirty seven, I'm still learning new things, riding my dirt bike. And I think Sometimes we, you know, we take what we do, get to do for fun. We do it for fun, obviously, nowhere near that level. But we take it for granted that you do kind of learn something new, on whether it be on the motorcycle or even just like life lessons almost when you go to the track and you're with your buddies and you're riding and uh, whether it be training or, you know, trying to get better at something. It's just what the sport brings to you as a person for your uh, mentality is really we, I think we forget about it sometimes we don 't really appreciate that enough
6: absolutely, and it's you know that is the cool thing about the sport dark side is we can continually learn things day in day out, and it doesn 't matter if we're on the bike, off the bike, things about the sport you know that 's the whole you know a, a good reason we listen to Steve and a good reason we listen to Paul is to learn things you know learn a lot about more about the sport or, you know, to be entertained at the same time. But going back to Sipes' interview there, dude, you know, what he says, He you know, is what could have been if I did go to Baker's Factory?" Mm-hmm. Let's just stop and think what actually could have been if he went there. You know, a lot of people that go there get great success, not meaning that Sipes hasn't got great success, but, geez, the whole landscape could look a whole lot different. You know, there's good chance we don't have Sipes doing what he's doing now.
3: Very true. Yeah, it's there's always what ifs, but... That's a big one, right? Most guys now, oh, yeah. if you have the opportunity to go Alden, most guys would take that. obviously, we see a lot of guys stepping away from there now, but I think if anybody at that that hasn't won a championship almost at that next that next step down, if they had a chance to go work with Alden, most would say yes at this point, just to at least let's see what I could what it can give me, and yeah, I could see that being a regret. I love the fact that he was honest about it, and I think it was a great question that Steve asked. Because generally, we don't get such a good answer. So it really worked out. Uh, I also want to touch on, after Ryan got off the phone, Steve brought up the poo-sipes thing. He said, I want to touch on this, but I don't want to touch on this. But he did touch on it. Um, (laughs) So the vaccination stuff, that's a big deal, obviously, over where you guys are, right? Everybody's forced to have it there. um, Am I correct on that? You guys are forced to have it in Australia.
6: Basically, yeah.
3: Yeah. So that... The story he's telling that you know he's heard these guys are making a hundred thousand a year uh, at Monster Jam and the Monster Trucks, and he walked away from a that's a lot of money, guys, to walk away from and not get vaccinated. It's a pretty big story going on all over the world right now. Uh, it, there may be some effect with Supercross, maybe not as much as like like the Fells uh, not making the riders get it, so it's not exactly the same. But you kind of have to have it in a lot of areas of life right now, or at least if you want to do certain things, you have to have it in certain areas. That's, that's a lot to walk away from Nick. Like that's a big life changing decision over this, this uh, topic that's going on in the world right now. It's like, it's just really, it's crazy that a vaccination that this thing is what impact it has on the world.
6: Yeah. Look, it's um, it's, it's rough, you know, we're hearing it nearly every single sport at the moment that, these are decisions people are going to have to make, and hey, if that's the decision they make, then that's their beliefs, that's fine. It's um, but yeah, I, I can sort of see what Steve was saying, you know, hundred thousand dollars, all expense paid, all year round, drive monster strikes, pretty good gig. Um, but <laughs> seems you know, like it. If if Pooh, if Boo thinks that's enough to um to give up to, to not have to get this vaccination, then that's um that's fair enough, and I, I respect I respect it. So yeah, yeah.
3: I do too. I, I'm certainly not trying to get on pick a side on this. I just was interesting that I mean. It'd be hard to walk away from one hundred thousand dollars, Trent.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, that'd be super difficult for us. But I mean, it, as Nick said, it's their decision. And and as the as DB quickly changed the subject afterwards, <laughs> it's something that you could you could go round and round in circles all day. And DB is not getting involved in that conversation, so no. it, uh, it got moved on quite quickly. Uh,
3: I know. I did. DB... I
6: did lock it. Oh, sorry. Dr. No. Locked
3: go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I did like it how he brought
6: up Chad Reed. Once again, letting everyone know that Chad Reed will not be getting the vaccine. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, hey, I, I'm fine with that decision personally, but uh, again, we don't want to get into that too much. Um, one of the things I was most surprised about that was like Steve was talking about Pooh, I guess winning some championships in Monster Jam, and I was honestly under the impression it was mostly scripted. Like they kind of, like wrestling. I I thought... I didn't think there was, like, a real winner, like, really, you won the event. I thought it was pretty much they, you know, failed or whoever decided that. So, I was a little bit surprised that it's a legitimate championship. I honestly didn't know that.
6: I believe one side is and one side isn't. You've got the monster monster truck racing on one side, which is the course race at the beginning of the night, and then they move on to the jam course, which is like a freestyle. You know the freestyle. Yeah, I believe the freestyle is somewhat a little bit scripted. I'm not going to say it's scripted, but the whole racing side, I believe that's you know that's um, how it is as the race plays out. So interesting. Yeah. But it's, 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 how crazy is it, the amount of stuff that Feld owns? Yeah, It's, it's insane. Yeah, dude, it is cool.
3: Uh, yes, like I said, I know Supercross, Monster Jam, and Disney on Ice for sure, and there may be other things that I don't know about. But, uh, hey, guys, you guys talk for a minute. I'm going to take a break and go take a pee real quick. Is that okay in the middle of a podcast if the host goes and catches with the I'm being sarcastic because Steve went, took a piss in the middle of his show. I think that was the first time that ever happened.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I I was yeah very baffled by what well, all of a sudden Steve's like, I'm going to go to the toilet. I'm yeah.
3: like, are we, I, it, are they meant to be on the air I right have, now? I do like, pro- not have a
6: problem with it.
3: No, I don't really either. No, I, I just I, I was just laughing because I, I you know the guests do it all the time. But I don't think Steve has ever, that I know of, Gone and taking a leak in the middle of the show that the host of the show i was just laughing hey,
6: when you gotta when you gotta go you gotta go gotta go that's <laughs> right
3: because that, right daniel's like i've been sitting here for an hour and a half having to go pee but i'm waiting uh, i guess steve had to go so i don't know i just come on man i'm trying to bust on steve and you guys didn't help me even a little bit
2: oh you didn't that was that was a soft that we didn't we didn't get yeah but sorry yeah no, I'm sorry. good side line of top of
6: that
3: one, top Oh well i failed once again <laughs> Jesus, this show is going to shit quickly. Uh, Uh, (laughs) All right, let's touch on this. Speaking of Daniel Blair, Daniel Blair is going to be in the booth up to four rounds. That's how they worded it. Up to four rounds. Fuck, Sean Brennan, I'm sorry. I love you. It's not really even him. It's NBC. Daniel Blair should be in the studio every freaking round. (laughs) He, he, He... who would, you reply, who
6: would you pull out to put Daniel in, Darkside?
3: Everybody other than Ricky. It's Ricky and Daniel. <laughs> I, I,
6: I,
5: Dan,
3: I mean, I consider Dan Hubbard a friend now after we, you know, we hung out in Arlington. I love Dan. I don't know Lee Diffie at all. He's a good announcer. No, I'm sorry, neither one of them are as good as Daniel is. I know I'm a little bit biased. Maybe I'm not seeing the big picture because Daniel is my buddy. But I think Daniel is the best person for that position and NBC is fucking up by not having him in there I understand some of the politics behind why it's happening I think but it's it's the wrong decision that it's just wrong Daniel has to act like he's happy he's getting four he should have them all and he I believe he feels I I think he he's earned it I just I, I I think it's I'm not happy about four Trent at all I mean okay it's better than none but it pisses me off. Yeah,
2: poll twenty to save dot com. Uh, that's your round for the night, dark side. Yeah, yeah.
4: It's, <laughs> no, I, mean, I was not
2: it's,
3: happy it's, when they were sitting there <laughs> discussing it on Monday. I was like, oh, up to four, whoopty fucking do.
2: Nah, look, we, we we're all Dan, we we're all Daniel Blair fans, and we we know that we want to see him. And I think I think it's as as Daniel said on the show, like it's it, it, he's he's glad it's four more than one that he got this year. And then, I mean, if he does good at these next four, who knows what we see in 23, he could be doing all 17. Like, I think they are just kind of keep testing him, keep testing him until they're happy. And, and I guess that he's got to kind of earn his position in a way. I know, like, we all believe he's deserving of that position, but... I mean, the higher-ups at NBC are obviously still trying to make sure that he's the right man to take over that role and and do it. But, yeah, it's better than one.
3: Then the higher-ups don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, Trent – or Nick, I did – see, here's another reason. Here's a good reason why Daniel's the best person for the job. How he discussed taking Ricky down a different train of thought than what is normal for how that position is used. Like, Daniel understands – the sport I'm from both sides at this point he's been a racer he's also been doing the commentating you know the pit reporting he can do both sides of it and he can help Ricky who has gotten way way better get to topics or say things lead him in a direction where it will be better for the sport better for the viewers than just the basic shit they normally talk about and like when, when he was discussing that I was like yes that's what we want you know uh, oh man, okay, I need to stop. Go ahead, Nick.
6: I agree with you. I really do, you know, and that's what I, 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 you know, I don't really agree with this whole analyst V play-by-play, you know, sort of thing. You know, that situation and hearing him talk about it, that he can get Ricky to where he needs to be from lining him up with questions and, and pushing the conversation, that just proves how good of an announcer Daniel Blair is. And, you know, I think two announcers can better each other if they're in that good situation, which you know we obviously get to see with Daniel and Ricky. So hearing him say that, I'm like yes he understands they understand how this works and hopefully they put uh, Daniel in the preferred spot so he can actually do that dark side
3: I hope so cause, man, uh, I'm, I'm dropping it because I'll get wound up. I' I'm, I'm not happy about it I just I'm not as long
6: as, long as next year. He gets more than this year that's an improvement. You know, like Trent just said, you know, maybe next year he gets the full 17. I think that's the way we've got to look at it. And, you know, we take that as a positive out of it. Yeah, here's the way, thing.
3: You know? you know, like, let's take another sport. You have American football, okay? You have a backup quarterback. And he gets put in the game. You might have a, a fantastic backup quarterback, and he gets put in the game once or twice a year if the starting quarterback goes down, and he's great. But if he doesn't get used, eventually that team's going to lose that guy. He's going to go somewhere else because he's not getting used the way he deserves to be used, and somebody else is going to see, well, we want that guy, and... We have lost really good pit reporters that have moved on to football. Some of the, you know, the ladies that have left over the last few years have gone on to bigger and better things, and we could very easily lose Daniel Blair, and I think that would be a damaging to our sport. You know, the sport's going to go on, but I think it's, it'd be a huge loss. Uh, you've, so, only, you've only
6: got to see how many sports that Daniel does, Dark side. So you, you are right, you know, he does a lot of disciplines when it comes to dirt bikes.
3: Well, that and he, like, I don't know if there's an end for him for it, for football, like like some of the ladies have moved on to, but he loves football. He, he said he would love to do commentating for the NFL. You know, if he got offered a position to say, hey, let's come over here and do game day live or, or something... Maybe we lose Daniel. I don't know if that's a rea- uh, realistic or not, but the point is, when you have a talent, you need to uh, acknowledge you have a talent and use the talent for what they're what they're capable of doing. Uh, so anyway, that's probably we probably spent too much time on that. But I, I I'm just I believe in the guy, man. I love the guy. Uh, He's your boy. He is my boy. You all know about Michelin motorcycle tires, the Starcross fives from Pulpomex Show. And I'm excited to tell you guys that the Michelin Bicycle Tires is still on board with the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show. I mentioned, and Randy Randy mentioned, got a little bit of a bonus this year, thanks to Michelin Bicycle, so thank you so much. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. Follow Michelin at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, uh, whether it be mountain bike, road bike, e bike, BMX, Michelin Bicycle has what you need. Uh, a few more things to touch on. I know you guys are, again, as I always say, in the future. You're supposed to be at work right now. You are at work right now, <laughs> trying to do the wrap up show all the way down in Australia. But let's touch on a few more things. The Race Tech Rant. Um, Man, I know we all love Zach O. Uh, Let's just listen to it, and then we'll discuss. All right, here's my problem.
4: Here's my fucking problem. All right. Uh, So our buddy Jack Osborne announced his retirement, of course. Uh, We thought he was going to come back, and he'd come to the races last summer, and he'd helped out the team, and R.J. Hampshire, and R.J. won the race, and then he was going to do that for the team this year. He was going to end up doing that. that for the team, right? Then his back got a little better. He was thinking he would race again, so he started getting ready to race again. And and then now, his back is bad enough again. Like, he's flared up or something. Flared up. He can't go multiple days, is what he... He can't go... He needs a day of rest and therapy, then he can ride, then he needs a day and a rest. So, like, he wouldn't be able to be where he wants to be to race. But I do know that that coach, rider coach thing, job was on the table for him. And then I know that his comeback was on the table for him. And now he's the one that, according to people I talked to, he's the one who told Husqvarna, told KTM Big Boss, I can't race at the level you guys want me to. I don't want to take your money. So he could manage it and be half-ass, but he didn't want to go and take the How money. How many riders in this sport would just take that last year of the contract and be like, oh, yeah, sorry, man. Like a lot of them. Most. A lot of them, right? He did the honorable thing. It was like, I can't give you what you're paying me for. I'm out. And now that race team rider coach job isn't on the table for him anymore. I can't believe that this guy who delivered four championships to the team, delivered race wins in every class, 250 Supercross, 250 Motocross, 450 Supercross, 450 Motocross, four championships, and wants to do this, wants to do this. And you you can't find a spot for Osborne who wants to do that, wants to help out? Like I can't, be- I I just that's I just think that's bullshit. I just think that that is complete bullshit by the team.
3: Uh, Trent, that rant, I, I feel basically the same about that rant as I do about the Daniel Blair thing that I just said. Like I, I totally agree with Steve. It it's it's not cool. Yeah, for
2: sure. I mean, I. I have a little opinion on it, but uh, I'm going to keep that to myself and, and use that at another time. But Uh-oh. I do agree. I do agree with uh, with what Steve said. It's kind of it's kind of a slap in the face to 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 Zacho for you know, what he's produced for the, the the team and everything like that. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens in Zach's future. It'd be interesting to have a chat to him. Like if Steve can get him on a on a one on one here shortly and talk about it. I'll be interested to hear that. And I did like Daniel's take where he's like, he won't stay a free agent for long. Like he has too much talent and too much knowledge in his brain for any other OEM to pass him up. So uh, I agree with both of the, both of the opinions on that one. And yeah, where Steve went, is kind of like, can't believe they just, yeah, wiped their hands of him and, and said, that's it.
3: Nick thoughts.
6: Dude, I don't know how it's, it, this is sliding with Ian Harrison and Roger DaCosta. I, honestly, I don't know. You know that they, they gave Dungey a job for however long he wanted it, because uh, he earned it. You know, I honestly think that Zach has earned to do anything he wants with the team, even you know as an ambassador, like like they were saying on the show. But Daniel's right; he's not gonna he's not gonna stay a uh, free agent for very long. He's gonna be around the sport, and uh, I dare to say we see something happen very very quickly. So that's um very disappointing on on the KDM Group's part
3: yeah i uh I had Zach on last night and he kinda he didn't really want to touch on that part of the the story too much so we we sort of stayed away from it but i mean he is working with uh jack chambers, so he's still working with riders, and I think that's what he wants to keep doing and I would bet well he actually zach mentioned that he might be in studio next week maybe he's going to vegas for something and he may be in studio so maybe we'll get a little more of the story on that but yeah it's just it's just strange, man. He again, just like Daniel, he's he's such a good guy and so passionate and so knowledgeable and so talented. He he should have a spot. I mean, he did the right thing. He went. He could he could have just, like Steve said, said, "Screw it, I am just gonna take the money and I'll get through another year and you know pad the pocketbook a little bit and you know we'll give him a half ass effort." But nope, he said, "I can't give you a full effort," which is very unusual for some, most people, right? Most people would just take the money. And then they kind of—I don't want to say screwed him over, but they did do right by him. Uh, good rant, Steve. I—I I, I like so, so many times I wish I could disagree with Steve on the race tech rant, so I have a better uh, segment. But he's spot on on this one. But I do. Yeah, have, I agree. Yeah, I do have what I'm going to call the second race tech rant, although he didn't call it a rant. We'll listen to it, and I totally disagree on this one.
4: I can't believe, like Parabinos, like, like he is just, oh my god, Hymas got beat, and oh my god, this guy, like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> a lot of what people you, do. What are you doing watching that? Like, what that should have been my race tech rant. Like, uh, you who blew it. fucking cares? Like, a lot of people. Okay, first of all, it's 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 motos all week long. Like, right? How many motos is it? A Thousand. I don't care. Like, this doesn't mean anything. Nothing. And you know, like I just, I just, how can you sit there and talk about these kids and make judgments and be shocked or be amazed at any of these fucking results? Like I don't, know. I just saw I on Instagram. Check out Hayden Dean's crash. It was a pretty cool. One. I'm just like now that he, now that I know. He's oh, okay. a kid crashed on a dirt bike. Oh, let me see it. Wow, <laughs> it's not your thing, man. I just, I just don't fucking get it, dude. I don't understand it. Like, okay, I follow the amateur results. I'll look at Loretta's and be like. Oh, okay. You know, Evan Ferry did this, and Hymas is is, is beat. The, Hymas caught and ran down Ryder D or somebody, or like what? Like, okay, that's that's all relevant. But dude, I, I Minios. But start watching the fucking stream on a Wednesday <laughs> and fucking mini-o's, and then being like, ah, like what? Like like actually caring? Like actually caring? What happens? Uh, I I it it blows I'm my ha- mind.
3: Uh, Nick. So, entertainment-wise, funny story. Uh, but I disagree, man. I mean, it's fucking racing, dude. It's it's motorcycle racing. Doesn't matter. It's just ex- exciting. These kids' ability at the level they're at, at the age they're at, is exciting. It's cool to watch. Yeah, maybe they don't work out. Maybe they don't become the greatest of all time. But it's still it's good racing. It's 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 what we like. We love the sport. We love moto.
6: Yeah, look, I agree. I do watch it know, I, I enjoy watching the amateur sort of stuff. I think where people might get this a little bit mis, misjudged with Steve, is I think Steve's trying to bring the point across as well. Whereas you know he says this about Loretta's all the time. He goes, it just doesn't matter. It's it, not about the race or anything like that. But if, if you know if the kids don't win, it doesn't matter that their careers not the careers not fucked. You know what I mean? I think that's something that gets a little bit confused with. I think Steve. Steve, you know, I think people are going to think it's like, oh, he doesn't want people to watch the racing at all. I think he's trying to bring across the point that, you know, it's okay if, you know, you don't send your kid there. It's okay if your kid doesn't win there, you know what I mean? But at the same time, dude, I'm going to watch it. I enjoy watching racing. I love watching American racing, so I'm the same as you. But uh, Steve's very, very passionate with this amateur racing thing, hey?
3: Yeah. Well, he's, he's not – you're right about – I think the point that he normally is trying to get across, you know, the money being put towards these guys is ridiculous because they may not work out. They may not, they're not really worth that much money right now, necessarily. uh, You know, and I think he's right when it comes to that, but this particular rant was like, I can't believe they'd even watch it starting Wednesday. Well, uh, it's racing. Like it's a whole lot better than uh, sitting at home and watching, I don't know, anything else pretty much, you know, it's so, (laughs) It, I I disagree with that part of the rant, but you are right. Normally, the point he is trying to make is a good point. Trent, uh, what about you, man? Uh, where are you at?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going with uh, Nick there a little bit. I think what he was trying to put across, I can understand where you're coming from, but I think at the same time, it's when Steve gets on a rant, he kind of, I mean, we all are guilty of going off on a different tangent of what we were actually first starting to
3: true, to true. rant
2: about, but I think his whole point was like, Watching it on a Wednesday and caring about if, if you know, Deegan crashed or Himer's got beaten and that sort of stuff. Like, as Nick said, I think he's trying to get the point, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the, the, the results don't matter from these things. Um, and I think what he was trying to say by watching it is, like, you're making time to watch it so you can judge and criticize these kids that should be just out there enjoying their racing. I think that was where he was trying to nail that point home. Um, but as Steve does when he gets on a rant sometimes, he starts going off sort of different, uh, different tangents. And I think that the rant becomes and sounds a little bit different than what it should be. But I, how I sort of read it was, as Nick said, I think he's trying to make the point of, guys, it doesn't really matter. Um, and you shouldn't be taking time out of your you know, your day to really, really, really care really about it. too much it. into it, yeah. Yeah, where it's, you know, Go back and watch it and enjoy it. If you've got time, do that. But if you're making a purpose of it, um, they're just kids racing dirt bikes at the end of the day. They could be the future of our sport, but let's let them develop and then care when they are the future or where they are our next level of our sport.
3: All right, Trent. Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it comes from a guy that doesn't watch it. You got watch it either. I, I've watched the, I'm like Steve. I'll watch the highlights and, Keep an eye on everything, but I ain't sitting down on a yeah you know, on a Wednesday to watch it. <laughs> it will get up for us. It's like two AM in the morning, so, no, Yeah. The reason the reason I watch it is
6: because I like watching these Star bikes. I like watching these Hondas, and I like watching the PC bikes. I like seeing the difference between you know the factory program and the amateur program because you know I got told the fact that Deegan's. Degan's amateur bike is literally the same thing as what Christian Craig Christian Craig's racing, so that's usually the reason I race. To be honest
3: with you, yeah, that seems fair, right? I, I think so. <laughs> okay, all right. Moving on. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. I placed an order today. I have to rebuild my rear shock on my 06 450, and they they had all the parts in stock, and they are shipped out. So thank you, motorsport.com. Let's talk about David Villeman for a minute, Trent. Uh, I did not pull any audio from him, but... The guy is always entertaining and very straight to the point of what he believes, and and I, I think I think I would like training you know writing for somebody like him like there's no bullshit he's gonna tell you you suck if you suck he's telling you what you need to do I'm not your friend uh, do this and it probably could work out for you like what else do I I don't need any fring, fringe frilly shit that that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I, I really um, enjoy the way he broke that down, and I said I, I would like to be part of that program if I was ever at that level. Um, I have this six degrees of separation between me and DV. I was on the Rutledge wrap-up show after that one. I've been on nearly <laughs> yeah, every yeah. time DV's on. I think I've done a wrap-up show after that, but he always comes in with some sort of take um, about the, the last time was the vlogs and, and how they are now he's on this training program sort of, this is how it should be. No friends, no, you know, you do the work. I tell you what the work is. That is the extent of our relationship. So um, he's always got an opinion about something and he's very blunt when he comes on and says it, but I think that's what we've come to love from DV and him being on this show is he'll give you the information and he won't hold anything back or sugarcoat it for you either.
3: Yeah, he and Nick, he had a really good uh, analogy with when he brought up the basketball coach because uh, Daniel or somebody asked him, like, uh, you know, do do riders have to adjust to you or will you adjust to riders? He's like, no, they have to adjust to me. He said, you know, a new basketball coach comes in, he doesn't adjust to the team or the players. He's like, this is what I bring. You can do it the way I do it or you can walk, I guess. But I, I thought that was a really good analogy.
6: Yeah, that, that's right as well. And I, I, can you guys ever imagine David Millerman changing his ways to suit a rider? No. Like, no. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys got a, got to see it or if they were talking about it on Pulp. I can't really remember, but the stream that the Paris race was on, David Villaman was actually in the chat talking to fans. Oh, cool! And dude, he he was on one. Like he was bringing up Rutledge, <laughs> he was bringing up Mathis. he was talking <laughs> on Pulp. Like, dude, it was proper funny, and I was I was meant to call into the show to talk about it with Steve because he was just like someone must have put in the comments, Oh, when are you gonna go back on the the pulp show? Is and then David was just like ah in a real blunt way, he was like, oh, I don't have two days to waste to do it and all this sort of stuff and he then he was talking shit on the host. He's like, this guy's about as good as Rutledge and dude, it was funny. Oh, that's it awesome. Was, uh, Oh yeah! If, if the if the entertainment from the race wasn't good enough, just slide on into the chat because dude, it was uh, it was funny and people were rallying. Wow! I yeah,
3: I wasn't. I, I had YouTube up on the TV, so I didn't have the chat open, and then I had it muted, and I was playing like Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden records while the race was on. So I wasn't even listening to the commentary. So I missed all that. That's awesome. I might have to go back and see if I can still you know if I can rewatch it and see all that shit. That's great.
6: Yeah, dude, it's funny for sure.
3: Uh, I did not know that he's working with Colt Nichols. I hadn't heard that until Pulp Monday night. And I, I, the first thing I thought, Trent, was, I wonder how David feels about Colt's dangly cross-earring. <laughs> that's, like, I could see Dave, Dave, David being like, that's got to go, got to go.
2: Oh yeah, maybe. I, I as he said, he doesn't have a relationship with these guys. It's purely yeah. trainer track. Like I don't think he cares. Well. As long as Colt does his work, he did say that Colt was a little too cautious, uh, a little too yeah, cautious about everything. Which is you know, he's quickly trying to move out of him. So I don't think it really matters <laughs> about the the earring. But I, I think as long the minute you stop doing the work, the DV sets for you. DV will just walk away. He's done with it. Yeah. Um, right. One thing I took. One thing I took too is I didn't know that Christian Craig approached him about training him as well. That was, uh, I just had a lot of odd stuff coming out of that conversation where we're like, "Oh, I didn't know that was going yeah. on. I didn't know that conversation happened." Like the DV just not hold anything back.
3: A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. That was great. Uh, the other person I want to talk about, well, David Villan's always great. I, I could have David on every week. Uh, but let's Dave Drakes, who I am friends with. I, f- I found funny in the beginning of the show, during the in- the intro of the show, Steve called him Derek Drakes, so, you know, and I, I think that was obviously <laughs> yeah, just a slip. I did hear that. <laughs> but uh, Dave Drakes from The Collective Experience. It's a really, really cool program. Again, didn't pull any audio from that. Dave is very knowledgeable about the sport, very well-spoken, very passionate, and the program's really cool. Uh, my first year going to Supercrosses as media, I, I met him and, and was – uh, talking to Adam Entenap when one of the, the collective experience people that had paid money to go be part of that program was there and they, they loved it. I've got a couple of buddies that have done it two or three years in a row. It's a really cool experience. Uh, Trent, anything that stood out to you? Do you, do you know Dave at all? Have you heard about it? What'd you think of his interview?
2: Yeah, we've had Dave on our show. He's oh, actually That's right. part of our, yep. yeah, he, he's part of our outro to our show. Um, That's right. yeah. he's, uh, yeah, he, he's a cool dude. That the whole experience and, and the program he's setting up there, like we are we love talking to him about it and then having him on pulp was like cool. Like he's you know, that that program's starting to get the recognition I think it deserves the amount of effort that Dave puts into that and um and how different it is to, you know, say JT's you know, experience that you can get at Supercross. Like his is more like in the trenches with the guys, like it's not just Meet and greet, and that's it. Watch the race. It's like you get in and spin spanners if you know how to spin spanners if that's what you want to learn. Or um, he's trying to get in the media side. He yeah, has spoken to Steve about trying to do that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like Steve wants <laughs> anything to do with it. Um, that was so funny, man. Yeah, but it's he's that program's cool. Um, as I said, we we've spoken to him about it before, but it was cool to hear him on Pulp and cool for um steve and db to sort of ask him questions about it and, and give it the recognition um especially with steve being the massive privateer guy that he is
3: um give it the recognition it deserves yeah i i don't think anybody would want to hang out with me but i'd be all in shit let somebody ta- <laughs> let somebody tag along let's go so hey we're flying halfway around the world to just hang out with you, dark side eh? somebody oh, is, is that why you're coming to a1 to hang out with me
2: yeah buddy. Uh, is that if that's what makes you sleep at night,
3: bud. Yeah, it's not. I don't believe it for a second. But, I mean, you know, I'd fly half around the world for In-N-Out Burger and the races, but definitely not to hang out with me. Uh,
2: we, we are. for you. Just keep it like that.
3: <laughs> All right. All right. Last big topic I want to talk about was the, the drama with the Vital MX picks. Let's listen. Getting back to
4: our, our fight on our text message this morning. Mom and dad were fighting again. <laughs> so uh, Vital MX put up a photo that they didn't take of AP's new bike. KTM's got an all-new race bike. JC, you don't think Vital should have put this out there?
3: When when there is
4: a an embargo, like these media companies have been contacted and everyone knows that there is an upcoming release for the information of this bike. They're going to do a, an official bike drop. I don't think it's that cool. Like, I, I think that they should avoid doing that. Vital did not say, hey... Give me a photo of that bike. No, but they chose to post it on their official Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine because if somebody else posted it, it's out in the yeah, public. I don't, I don't believe it's fine. You knowingly get a photo by asking somebody, by paying somebody, by hiding in the bushes <laughs> at Alden's, and you get the photo and you post it, that's greasy. You shouldn't do that. If there's a clear photo floating around and it's out there and it's on vital form, which is where I understand this thing was... Before Vital MX posted it, it's fair game, man. In my, if, if I was calling the shots in that department, I would be like, "Well, these are the ramifications. We are not. You're that, not getting advertising too. from us that. If, that's if fine you're too. Burn us, yeah. so, you know? like, this is just out there. This was like, you know, just posted on a forum from somebody else. So, but you know, that's not supposed to be out there. Like, it's not. It's not like they thought, yeah. Ooh, I, what, this must be. Fine. I know oh. it's not. It's, it is, but you're you're like, oh well, it is out there. It's just like a. If fly racing asked you and said, Hey, and we do every year, Hey, this stuff's not live till this date, please don't post pictures of it, whatever. And somebody sent you a
1: photo of this, like here's a photo of all the new gear. You would go
3: post our stuff.
4: No, I wouldn't do it in a case like that. If you guys sent it to be first.
3: Uh, well, I cut off a little quicker than I expected their trip, but uh, this, this, I disagree with Steve more on than even the Minios thing. Like he's wrong on this, in my opinion, and JT's analogy with the fly gear is spot on. Like, I, I think he's I think he's extremely wrong in this one.
2: Yeah, I'm back and forth through the conversation, you can kind of get both sort of takes, but uh, a big, you know, vital if it's posted on the forum, then yeah, you can leave it there. And if somebody else did that, but I mean, we all know not to post that. And if they had a relationship with KDM, obviously, as JT says, that's going to sour that relationship with KDM. Like, um i kind of was going with jt a lot on it like you know it's just one of those things that you don't do um but you can get to this point where they didn't take the photo but i think it's just one of those unspoken rules um that you know it's not supposed to be out there you know you're not supposed to you know put that up uh, maybe you should have just let it and it's obviously going to hinder the relationship between uh, the KDM group and vital if they're going to try and do things in the future with them. So uh, I was more with JT on it rather than Steve, for sure.
3: Yeah. I don't care. Like if it's on the, on the uh, forum, you have to physically take that picture and move it to your Instagram. And you know, you're not supposed to be doing it. That's, that's just wrong, Nick. I, yeah. I, I am a hundred percent out on that. You know, I obviously get made fun of because of breaking the embargo on fly on accident, but I certainly <laughs> would never do something like that intentionally you know, even I don't care if it's already out there. I'm not I'm not gonna share something that I know I've been asked specifically not to do. Not on purpose, I'm not.
6: Yeah, look I'm I'm gonna probably side with JT even just the slightest. I can see Steve's 100 percent, I can see uh JT's point of view as well. I guess it's really down to uh, you know, what the agreement was with KDM coming out and saying, Okay, we're gonna do a release on this motorcycle, this is gonna be yada yada yada. You know, if we knew all the details about that, I guess we could probably side with some a little bit more. But I can definitely see either side of the story. Um, I'm, dude, I'm just interested to see who took that photo. I, I wonder
2: if that ever comes out. Uh,
3: I've heard, actually, that it was um, Aaron's dad posted it. And that's where everybody got it from. Aaron Plessy- uh, I've seen
2: another. Uh, I've seen another one today, a different angle, and a, a bit the same sort of the same location of black. I've seen today on Instagram as well. So yeah.
3: somebody's taken a couple of pictures. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just yeah. I'm, mm. No doubt, people are taking pictures, but yeah, you gotta. I mean, they have to know that's just going to get out there if there's that many people there, right? Somebody's yep. it's just going to leak, but uh, but but doing it, a, a media source doing it knowingly, physically putting the picture on there website or their social media, man. That's yeah. I think that's crossing a line. I don't agree with it. Uh, again, I know I could be blamed for doing something similar, but it was definitely an accident. It wasn't intentional. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) And I thought it was cool. that chase from swap motor life called in and kind of gave, he gave a little bit of cool. Yeah. That, you know, Hey, we, we knew about it. We've had these pictures. We've had people send them, but we know we're not supposed to post them. So we don't, you know, um, I think that's, that's the way it should have been handled. So, uh, Okay, small things, and we'll wrap this thing up. Jetpacks? Who's gonna buy one? I'm all in. I want a jetpack, Nick. Dude,
6: dude, I was, I, I, remember, I was literally watching. I think we we're in the group chat together. I, I was watching it, and I was just like, I was talking to a mate that was over there, and I was like, dude, this, this, this opening ceremony can't get any weirder. And then, sure as shit, someone comes <laughs> flying out in a jetpack. Bikes are flying. Dirt's going everywhere. The stands flying. The bikes <laughs> falling over. I've gone, okay, this has turned into a complete not a fucking shit show. Like, Marv didn't look impressed. Chad didn't look <laughs> impressed. Like, like yeah. shit. I, I can't see Mr. Jetpack coming back next year. That's all I'm saying.
3: Well, I missed opening ceremonies because I was driving, but I saw it, you know, I don't know, before the third main event or somewhere I, when they showed it on TV. But I was like, that looks, damn it. Damn it, Nick. Was that you again? No, he who's, he's dying. Who's sick. who's dying over in Australia? God dang it. Mute your mic next time, Nick. That that
6: was actually <laughs> muted, believe it
3: or not. Oh well, it came through. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's it's a shit show. You guys, your opinions tonight, I don't agree with. I don't like. So <laughs> it's whatever. You'll never be invited back. Uh I'm teasing. So, the
2: ratings are up. <laughs> I'm teasing Trent.
3: I, 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 <laughs> a jetpack, dude. That's awesome, man. I want a jetpack. Steve, I I got the I think I got a good line in when I sent him, you know, you could use it to change your light bulbs. It'd be, it'd yeah. be man, who who doesn't want a jet pack?
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for the Pulpamax video of Steve on a on a jet pack trying to change the light bulb uh in the mansion and Oggy flying across the ground when he gets hit by a jet stream. That's that visual to me was absolutely funny. <laughs> I was losing it's it terrible. when that comment came out. I was like, "I'm there for that video. Let let's put a GoFundMe together for Steve to get a jetpack just to see that video." Uh, fire,
3: firepower! <laughs> I, it could be you know charged with firepower batteries. I'm sure.
6: I don't know if you guys were watching, but Steve was running the Twitter for Racer X. Yes. And you could just tell it was Steve. Oh you yeah, know, some oh, of the yeah. things coming, some of the things coming across. It was just like sarcasm. And now a jet and now a jetpack has come flying into the stadium. That was it. I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was funny, dude. He yeah, needs to take that thing, he needs to take control of that more often. I'm down for that.
3: All right, Steve says subway sucks balls, and people that eat plain donuts are morons. Come on, I like plain, a plain cake donut, man. It's good stuff. I'll eat other flavors too, but uh, Subway does kind of suck balls. He's right about that. But um, I had another Aussie send me a message and said that Steve's an idiot. Subway rocks over in Australia. So I want to get your opinions on Subway, Trent.
2: Uh, I think it's different to what you guys have in the U.S. I've heard that from people to say, uh, I think you told me, Nick, that the Subway Dude. here that we have is different to what you have over there. Oh, so. sure. I, it is not good over
6: there. It is not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, but, guys,
2: but we don't have Firehouse or nothing like that over here, so we've only got Subway to go. Yeah,
3: Firehouse rocks. I, I'd never had a Firehouse sub until going to Pulp the first time, and then I asked for it the second time. So, uh, yeah, Firehouse kills it. But he's he, I, I agree with Subway. I disagree that I'm a moron because I like playing donuts. But, I mean, whatever. Steve is very opinionated. When-
6: when you talk about plain donuts, is that like cinnamon or is that no, like... like
3: there's nothing. Just, it's just the cake.
6: Okay, no, that's weird. Sorry. It's
3: just a cake donut. <laughs> but then they also, like, I mean, I don't know if you would, he would consider a plain glazed donut a, a, a plain donut. But, you know, because, you know, there's all... You get chocolate, you get cinnamon, you get plain, you can get fucking jelly-filled, whatever. But, uh, a I don't jelly. know, that's just... Something I want... I don't even know why I want to ask that. This fucking show is just falling apart. Good God. <laughs> Pick it up, Dark so. Pick it back up, bud. <sighs> no energy tonight. Uh, okay. Troll, Kate Clayson, or Chiz? Who finishes better, Nick, overall in the season?
6: Oh, dude, I, I've, you've got to go Chiz, I think. That's
3: okay. You're back on the show. You're my boy. You're back. <laughs> like
6: not being, not being silly. I think you've got to go Chiz, right?
3: I, that's who I'm going with. I agree. Nick, yeah. uh, Trent, thoughts.
2: I mean, the saying "chiz is going to chiz" hasn't been false for no reason, so I think he's just going to chiz his way all the way to be the highest point scorer out of the lot. All
3: right, last question of the night: Zacho's leg- legacy. What's the most? Re- uh, what's he going to be most remembered for, Trent? <laughs> uh,
2: Twenty seventeen Vegas uh, championship ride. Yeah. Um, what, happened? The ride. what happened there? What happened? The, the ride. The ride. The pass, or the pass. The ride. No, the ride leading to the pass. I feel is more, more of the story there than the actual pass. He had to ride the way he did to get to even have that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, he put in. He put in fifteen minutes of the best riding Zach Osborn Osborne has ever done in his life to get to that point to even have a chance. So, I'm going to say that. Because Nick doesn't like it when I talk about the other incident <laughs> afterwards.
3: Nick, as the uh, as the world's largest Joey Savachi fan, what is Zach most uh remembered for?
2: Uh race deck rent
6: mix twenty, code to use, some of that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, it's
3: twenty one you know, I think.
6: Uh, okay, sorry. Sorry to say um, dude, that ride from Zacco is, is legendary, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's n- nothing, is, n- nothing is ever going to be as good as that ever again. You know, when you hear people talk about, you know, sitting in the press box and seeing the past, listening to it, you know, seeing that whole lap beforehand of seeing him close in on Joey, he goes, everyone knew it was coming, but they just didn't think it was going to happen in time. Like, dude, that's insane. That's history. Nothing's ever going to come across. Like, that is a, you know, never say die ride. The part that pisses me off about it. And it's not, it's not the, it's not the, it's not the past. It's nothing to do with that. It's the fact that, you know, Zacko announced his retirement and suddenly it become a meme again. Like it was funny.
3: Oh, yeah. And
6: for all of us in the media, like, you know, I'm going to talk about it from my perspective as you know, my, my wish is to, is to talk to Joey, interview Joey. Joey doesn't want to talk to any fucking media because he can't handle it. You know what I mean? He, he that incident changed him, and it changed his outlook on so much. And people that keep bringing it up just keeps fueling the fire. Like, dude, we want these guys that personalities, not scared to talk to the fucking media. That's that's my downer on the whole thing. But when it comes to Zako, dude, that was friggin' unbelievable. We're never gonna see that shit ever again. And, uh, dude, as much as uh, as much as I you know didn't like it, dude, it was so good to see it.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, for me, what he's most remembered—like when I think of Zacho, I think of just the heart, man, the the passion. Yeah, never say die. Yeah, the yeah, the 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 person he is that I've talked about so many times. Just off the track, one of the greatest, nicest human beings on the planet, and the heart he had as a racer, as a competitor, and the respect for the sport. That's that's what I think about when I think of Zach. Uh, you know, not necessarily the Championships or the pass, or like single things like that. It's just as a whole who he is as a human and a racer. That's what I think of. And uh, we're going to miss him on the track, man. I, I hope he still comes to races. I hope we see him at a lot of events. Uh, but other than that, this uh, shit show of a wrap up for episode 484. I want to thank Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Motorsport.com, and Seal Savers. As well as all the pulpmex sponsors, you can check out at PulpMixShow.com, Sponsor deals tab, discount codes, links, all right there. Check them out. Hit me up, Darkside at PulpMix for any comments, complaints, anything like that. We'll we'll read them on the show. If you ever if you have anything negative to say or anything positive, we'll do it. Uh, Nick, anything that we didn't touch on?
6: Um, one thing you know that I, I heard on the show, which I thought was weird. I don't know if it's been spoken about since, but Tony Carolli, Antonio Carolli, is he planning to race some uh, American motocross next year?
3: Yeah, he, he's trying to. Yeah.
6: Okay, so that's been that's publicly known now, is it?
3: Uh, he's he kind of alluded to it, I think, on the Pulpcast at the post-race stuff. And okay, yeah, then, just, yeah, yeah. So it was I,
6: just you know when Brayton and Weeds were talking about, oh, we will we'll, uh, we do our best work at you know Parla? Oh, the way they made it sound was, oh, okay. Tony Carole is gonna to be racing Parlour. That was the way it sounded to me. Yeah, so. I
3: didn't hear any specific races, but I'm almost positive he did allude to that. He was hoping to do a few. Yeah.
6: Dude, that'd be cool. Other and than Hamster that, mate, that's uh that's me for sure. Uh good All job right. for Steve to do it. Good job for Steve to do a show, you know. Uh wrap up the doing a, a pulp show after a bit of jet lag like that. That's uh that's rough.
3: I agree. Trent, anything else?
2: I'm just gonna the one thing I noticed about the show was basically going off what Nick just said. Um, Steve said he was okay, but uh, I heard him more than ever stumble over reads and, and lose his wording where we used to Steve, you know, just basically running through reads and that like perfectly. I, I feel like he may have said that he wasn't tired or jet lagged, but um, yeah, I, I think he may have just been a little off his game. Um, and that's just from us, you know, us being podcasters and doing shows. You have those shows where you just, can't get your words out and uh yeah, felt do. like steve may be, be a little bit tired and and he was uh dropping some of his words and he wasn't uh, very fluent on his reads like he normally is like where you sit here and him just bang out those reads like he was said nothing and i was like oh steve must be pretty tired he's telling us other things but he, right, he right. Uh, definitely was stumbling yeah, yeah i actually have the show goes
3: on <laughs> let me see if this will play because i don't have it loaded into the board but hang on let, let me see if it plays
4: over forty years in the business, bi, in the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, the. That, <one. laughs>
3: yeah. that was that was Man. volume Was a little low the way I played it, but yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that goes with anonymity. Anonymity. then that 80, 80. <laughs> uh, Did you did you, you
2: click lady. that and send it to Mark? Uh, maybe. Yes, of course you did doc Maybe not.
3: Yeah, we we uh, clipped we clipped, good. we clipped a few things, but all right, guys. I think that's a wrap for four eighty four. Hopefully, it was better than I feel like it was, but uh, I'm sure I, I Steve's just got me all fucked up now with because Steve when he when he you know, always says it's not a good show or anything. I just fuck he gets in my head, man.
2: Wow, uh, he's just he is your genie, Carmichael. So he uh, says, he's trying to push you push you to greatness. Uh, got to let it. Got to use it as fuel dark But you're doing a great job buddy and we appreciate you letting us come on the, the wrap-up show um dude we need a we need a stamp out ticket where frequent flies at the moment
3: yeah well i appreciate you guys doing it you're 16 hours ahead uh not always easy to get the schedules together but you guys always make time so i appreciate it other than that guys it's a wrap we're out see ya
1: why would you want to re-talk about the pulse show
3: the tea.